Welcome to Next in Q, the podcast for contact center and customer experience professionals. Next in Q is brought to you by Happy Two Vision. Eliminate blind spots and see right through every conversation with Happy Two Vision. Learn more at ajppitu.com. Now, here's your host, Rob Dwyer. Thanks for joining another episode of Next in Q. I'm Rob Dwyer, and joining me today, I have Travis Kernute who is the co-founder of Volley Communications. Welcome to the show, Travis. How are hey, you? Hey, thanks, thanks. Pretty good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm flattered. Thanks for, thanks for asking me on. Well, anyone that uh, engages with my Star Wars lessons posts on LinkedIn seems like they've got a good shot at being invited onto the show. And of course- Oh, man, I love um, it. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, from... I knew that being a nerd would help out one day in my life. Yeah. Yes, um, the the nerds are taking over, and it's our comeback. It is uh, also you do something that is relevant to my audience, so it's not like I just pulled you in uh, yeah. because of the Star Wars fandom, but that certainly helped a lot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate letting me come on and talk about what we're doing at Volley and and just talk about everything. Yeah, so let's get started with. Uh, where you're from. I'm getting the feeling that you're a native Ohioan. Is that uh, accurate? Yep. Yep. Born and raised. OH, baby. <laughs> so are you originally from the Columbus area? Because that's where you are today, correct? Yep. Yep. I, I never really left. So I was I was born in Columbus. Uh, we moved out of Columbus uh, Municipal, you know, the proper area around when I was two and then moved out to a suburb called Pickerington and pretty much never left. My wife and I now live just 10 minutes outside of where I grew up. So tell me what people should know about Ohio if they are not familiar with Ohio. Uh, If you're not familiar with Ohio, get ready to experience all four seasons in one day. Uh, it can be in the summer. It can be in the winter. We we like to throw in seventy five degree days with snow. So it's a uh, that's one thing to look forward to. Uh, what else with Ohio? Uh, we like our trucks. We like our we like our cornfields. Um, we like our we like our football. If you haven't if you haven't heard of a team called the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, people in Ohio go a little nuts about that. Yeah, yeah, they do. It reminds me a lot of my current home, Missouri, in a lot of ways, because I mean, right, we're both kind of in the Midwest. And so certainly, I think every state in the Midwest likes to talk about the weather. And if you don't like it, stick around for a couple minutes, it'll change, right? It'll change. (laughs) So a lot of people that I talk to in the technology space, uh, sometimes uh, accidentally got into it. Uh, I'm curious how you got into the space that you are in because yeah, uh, certainly seems like your early career was not geared this direction. No, it was not. I actually started in energy is where I started. So completely not close to telecom. Uh, started uh, with a company called Volunteer Energy. My father actually uh, started the company 
Uh, I started with them back in 2007 and I was just doing energy sales, just, you know, call, cold calling was pretty, I was, I was handed a stack of papers, probably about like that big of renewals. Hey, call all these people. So first day I was like, Oh, go right. I guess I will. So no, I, I got my, I got my start in energy and then uh, telecom uh, wasn't until probably not until 2009 is when we, uh, we ended up buying a telecom company called DTA. Um, and we figured, you know, we were in energy, we were in natural gas and electricity. You know, we figure people need uh, natural gas to heat the place. They need electric to turn on the lights and they need phones to, you know, to run the business. So it, it kind of feels like the third commodity. And so that's why we got into it. Oh, very interesting. So that's a very pragmatic approach. It sounds like very, you took. Yeah. So I find, uh, and I have a very limited uh, selection that I'm using to, to base this off of, but I do think that people whose family are entrepreneurial or business owning that their kids often uh, take that route as well. Did you learn yeah. a lot from your father and was that kind of what inspired you to kind of do your own thing? Yeah. So my father is essentially my best friend. Um, I pretty much have modeled most of my life after him. I mean, he's a, a, a God loving man. Uh, you know, he, he raised me to be respectful. He raised me to always work hard for, for everything. And, and he definitely did. Uh, literally. I mean, he's, I model most of everything I do after him. Yeah. It just seems like, um, those, those, um, values and kind of the things that you pick up uh, along the way as a kid kind of often translate. And, and it seems like people whose, whose parents have that entrepreneurial spirit, uh, just end up doing their thing at some point down the road as well. Oh, I'm, uh, he's still, I mean, he's, my dad is getting ready to hit 70 and he's still can, he's excited to start calling more of his contacts to, to get him on telecom. I mean, it's just, my dad is just my, not many people uh, know much about the energy industry, but I mean, about 30 years ago, uh, before you could choose other suppliers to get your gas from, my, my dad is actually the first one to broker the first ever deregulation deal in the United States. And it was through the uh, Wendy's corporation. He was Wendy's uh, energy manager. And so oh, wow. deregulation was literally pretty, pretty much crafted by my father. So it's, it's been really, really fun just to watch him in the industry. And I remember being five years old, being in this, uh, you know, high rise in downtown Columbus, just looking down and all the, the cars, they look like little micro machines. And it, literally, I wanted to be my father ever since that day. I love that you managed to squeeze micro machines into this yep. um, because that was a childhood favorite of mine as well. So uh, <laughs> I, you said something, right? A lot of people don't know a lot about the energy business. Mm -hmm. I think that's also true of telecom. I think a lot of oh. people really take for granted if they're not in the business that we're in. And even if they are, depending on their role, I think a lot of people really don't know a lot about the telecom business. What did you find was the hardest thing to get acclimated to coming into that business? Obviously, your experience was in energy, so you're getting into something new. Like, what was the hardest part of that transition? 
Yeah, luckily, yeah, I, I did go to school for uh, computer information. And so I, I have an associate's degree in it. So, you know, I, it wasn't so much the, the technology, but it was the, the, all, the all the abbreviations I, I, everybody has. And it was, um, luckily, because of what we do, you know, we do SIP trunking. I, I actually started um, when I was in college trying to figure out a way to create my own free PBX on my Android phone so I could just use Wi-Fi to make free phone calls. <laughs> I, I was a broke college kid uh, and uh, couldn't pay his T-Mobile bill. So I've tried to find a workaround, of course. Of course, you know, you can only call, make phone calls where there was Wi-Fi. So uh, honestly, telecom, I kind of just, I kind of fit right into it. It, it. it was very natural to me. So it sounds like you were quite the tinkerer and I- Oh, for sure. <laughs> I feel like anyone who's trying to use their Android phone to um, create their own PBX, that is not a standard user. No, not, not really. So uh, you've mentioned already some, some jargon and I feel like sometimes I take for granted that people listening to this show might understand some of the telco jargon, and that's mm -hmm. probably wrong for me to, to make that assumption. So let's talk about kind of what you do, but let's talk about it in more layman's terms. So yeah. uh, I know what SIP trunking is, but I have a feeling that 99% of people who hear that term are like, I've never heard that before in my life. Oh, for sure. Oh, and, and most of the time it's just, <laughs> yeah, when you say they start glossy eyes. So, you know, what, what I tell pretty much every typical person is look outside. And you remember when telephone poles, you know, that's where that, that when you would make a phone call, the phone call would go up the telephone pole and it would travel. You know, we're essentially the cloud-based version of the telephone poles. It's, it's kind of how we tell people, you know, that's, that's how at least I tell my wife and, and that's how she gets it. Because she is one of those people that, that glosses over when I start talking about what I do. Um, you know, we uh, just like in energy, we we always we don't own the lines, but we always did the supply. You know, we always transported the actual physical gas. So it was our gas coming through the pipes. And so uh, I try to think, try to tell people like in terms of your utility, you know, the the utility owns the pipes. Another company can put their own gas through. So that's essentially what we're doing. Uh, and so that, that, that seems to work and, and help people out. I don't throw any of the, don't really talk much about SIP or I don't use PBX when I start talking about it and everything. So, so I am curious in particular, like you've been in this business a long time, um, but the last couple of years, I think really changed for a lot of businesses how they oh, dealt sure. with things like telco so talk to me about that um number one kind of let's just start with what was 2020 like for your business and kind of what were some of the challenges that that your customers were facing and and how are you solving those so we're we're a special case uh we we have a lot of customers. We don't do get a lot of direct customers. We get a lot of ours through Fortinet. Um, and so our 2020 was really 
kind of finalizing their 40 voice product for them uh, for the 2021 push. Um, we, we really started out more of a, as a, as a developer for 40 net. That's uh, essentially what we've been for years. And I can, I'll dive really deep into that one. Trust me. Um, so I think in 2020, it was, it was really actually a boom for us because everybody started to, you know, go to the zooms and, and, and ring central platform, you know, all these platforms, these UCAS platforms, it, they, they boomed for us. So it was, it was a perfect opportunity for Fortinet to decide to want to get into the space because I mean, we, we saw huge growth, especially in 2021. Yeah. So for those that don't know, tell us a little bit about Fortinet and kind of what yep. they do. Mm -hmm. So Fortinet is the uh, world's largest cybersecurity company. Uh, they surpassed Cisco last year. They're uh, 52.3 billion, I think, market cap uh, company. So we bought a company in 2009, uh, DTA, and one of the associates had a relationship with a guy named Callum Anderson, and he created a company called TalkSwitch. Uh, TalkSwitch was later bought by Fortinet. Um, Fortinet decided they wanted to create an on-prem uh, voice system. So Callum remembered us out, out in suburb of Columbus, Ricky, Ricky uh, Pickerington, Ohio, um, <laughs> and, and came to us. So we actually developed the 40 call platform uh, 10 years ago for Fortinet. Um, and so we have we do all the all the on-prem uh, SIP trunking for for Fortinet. And then about six years ago was when Fortinet decided, you know, it's time to get off on-prem and it's time to go hosted. It's time to follow the, you know, at the time it was, you know, the Skypes and and and, mm -hmm. and all of those. And so we started developing uh, the hosted product with them. And um, so their 40 voice platform is actually created by Volley Communications. Um, it's funny, the 40 call uh, registered address is actually in in Ohio, it's not in California. Uh, it's actually registered here to my building. Um, so that's a, you know that's a fun relationship. We we if you we developed the entire system, we still do all the back end, uh, and we're actually onboarding the first enterprise customer right now, which is all of Bridgestone America. So we're uh, we're the exclusive SIP trunk provider for Fortinet, and we and we do the entire back end for Forty Voice. It's pretty it's a pretty fun relationship, and uh, uh, we our twenty twenty two is is pretty loaded. We're, we're excited. Yeah, I bet. So, I mean, having been in that space now for six years, I think a lot of people, right, all of that cloud-based stuff has been around for a little bit, right? Once the oh, bandwidth sure. started to, to be able to support that, but we've seen uh, a huge shift in the last couple of years, but I wonder from your perspective, like how much growth is there in cloud to this point when we're talking about telco? Uh, surprisingly, I, 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 people don't know that there is a lot out there. So Bridgestone case in point, they're using still, I mean, you would, you would think Bridgestone America, this is a, a massive corporation. They're still using a old Toshiba system. And if anybody follows me on LinkedIn, I have posted this lab many times on LinkedIn. It is, I mean, we have, we have hardware from 2004 that's still being used. So there are 
so many enterprise customers out there that are still using these hosted platforms. It, it, it shocks me the amount of the amount of customers and it's literally they like the convenience of having it there. I, I, I don't know. It, there's just people that are just stuck in their ways. And luckily, it, Bridgestone has an amazing IT crew that's like, it's time to take this thing to the cloud. Let's go. So, um, no, there's, I, I would say, there's still probably potential of four to 10 billion just untapped market cap that nobody is going after because you got to convince these guys. That's the thing. You got to convince them to go away from yeah. these old systems. And they've been tied to them for years, for centuries. Yeah. So uh, full disclosure, uh, our contact center four years ago was on an old Toshiba system. So I know all about that. There um, you go. And we, we finally migrated to the cloud. Um, I'm curious. I certainly know why we did that. But I'm curious um what are the reasons that people are reluctant to make that move and then what are the reasons that they should make that move i think the biggest reluctancy on going to a hosted product is it is definitely more upfront uh hardware wise especially uh you're buying you know more handsets um and and most likely you're getting licensing fees as well on top of that. Um, but what's great about the hosted product is as soon as the system's out of date, the hosted product just gets updated and you don't have to worry about having technicians out there on your site. You don't have to worry about, and we used to have a short, an old short tail system here that unfortunately, so we bought the company. We were, we were, we we're an ILEC. We're our own telco and we can't supply it because I unfortunately signed a stupid contract with Shortel. <laughs> but even then, if we wanted to replace that current system, it was going to cost 20, 25 grand. You, you, you take away those fees and, and hardware upgrades that you got to do every four years with a hosted or with an on-prem than you do with the hosted. I, I think that if you can get over the, the initial bill at first, the savings then just it just it just compounds every month, and then just the ease of a of a system that's in the cloud. It, with especially if you have twenty two hundred locations, being able to all be essentially the same system, just over twenty two hundred stores rather than twenty two hundred systems linked together at one central hub. It's it it just causes a lot of headache, especially if you if you want to expand rapidly. Yeah, and. You know, one of the things that I think is unique when when you talk about that alignment of product, uh, yeah. particularly in an enterprise uh, system, like you're not dealing as a, even just as an end user, you're not dealing with uh, different hardware and different ways of doing things. So I remember um, every time I would switch to a new phone that that phone had its own unique way of executing certain things, right? So if you want oh, to put somebody sure. on hold, right, you got to go through this. It really gets the, the place where it always ended up becoming a, a fail point was when you had to transfer someone. Oh, that and that's, all, <laughs> that, and that's the same issue that, that Bridgestone was running into. And, and anybody in these old systems, uh, we, and, and with that Bridgestone system, and it was an old ad trend. So we were, trying to reverse engineer away for the 
entire 40. So when we create an account, I mean, we're tying into the entire 40 net security fabric. So we have to make sure that the 40 net security fabric with how advanced it is can then be retrofitted to work on old analog systems. So it's like, Oh, there's just, it's just such, such a headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to shoehorn new technology into old technology is never the easy thing to do. But always. I, I, <laughs> it, I tell you what, though, if anybody can do it, my team can. That, that it's we good were, to know. We were, told, we were told that we couldn't do what we did with the Adtran. All it took was a weekend. So, I mean, my guys are are definitely underpaid, but don't tell them I told you that. <laughs> okay. Well, you better tell them not to listen to this episode. Then. <laughs> oh, they will be. I guarantee you, as soon as they hear it, they're coming right to my office. Um, Travis, I heard what you said. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. So talk to me about uh, LinkedIn, because you... I've been pretty active on LinkedIn. I see you there regularly. That's how we got in touch mm -hmm. was LinkedIn. So um, what's what's your experience on that platform, Ben? Uh, honestly, I so we went to uh, Expo last November, uh, Channel Partners, and that was really the first time I started to be active on LinkedIn. So I, I pretty much just have only been active since last November. Uh, we've, you know, I've had an account for years. I, I had to make one a long time ago for college. So, you know, I, I, I like most people, I've always had one. I just didn't use it. Um, but then, you know, I started listening to more stuff like Gary V uh, and starting to hear about using LinkedIn. You know, it's it, LinkedIn now is like Facebook was when it first launched with the algorithm and everything. So I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to dedicate six months. I'm going to post every single day. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to pitch my product. Uh, I want to pitch the values that I'm trying to, to have my company. That's what I want my company to be known for its values, not its product. And so I, I'm going to try it for six months and it, it, it works. It, 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 if you just dedicate the time, it, it, it works. And it's, it has been a, a blessing for us, especially not just me on my LinkedIn, but my employees, the, the actual company page and having people reach out to us. It's, it's, it's been really, really fun. It's, and, it, things have definitely kicked up in the past few months. It's it, we've definitely gained some traction. Yeah, it seems like the difference between Facebook and LinkedIn, for those that don't know, <laughs> while you do occasionally get some things that uh, I think most people on LinkedIn go, this really isn't the place for that. It really is a place where you can truly network. Find people who are like-minded um, and find people who maybe have a solution that for a problem that you are trying to solve. And it seems like very rarely do you run into some of the fights that you do on Facebook. Like, yeah, it, it's it's funny. I mean, we post the same things on both LinkedIn and Facebook, and I I I essentially do what I do on linked on my link personal LinkedIn. I do that on Facebook as well, and I mean, the engagement is like ninety eight percent less. And when it is someone, it's it's no, you don't even know what they're saying. It's a bunch of scrambled words that don't make sense, and they're then they link to some <laughs> stupid website. And I'm like. Okay, delete, ban, ban, delete. I'm like, come on, stop putting your WhatsApp on here. 
and yeah, it's it, you and you can. That's why we don't put any money on Facebook. I mean, it's just it's not worth it to us. Yeah, um, I. So I get that. We haven't uh, thought about it. It seems like Facebook from an ad campaign standpoint is much better for like physical products, like, yeah. um, you know, direct to consumer type of physical products. The, the click click to buy products pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get some nice Star Wars branded rugs or something like yeah. that, you can, you can find that on Facebook. Yeah. Not, not so much if you want to set up, you know, new sip trunking for your, for your company and, and, learn about the, you know, 40 net products and yeah, it's, it's just not the place for it, but LinkedIn has just been uh, just a miracle for us for our marketing. Yeah. I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the shirt that you're wearing today. Yeah. So, so for those that can't see, maybe they're just listening and not watching, what do you got going on yep. today? So I got, I uh, actually got this, uh, it's a Vans button up shirt. I got it's Marvel, it's got X-Men, it's got Avengers, we got Iron Man here, Spider-Man, Captain America. I got my, I'm wearing my my Toy Story shoes, if you can't see, nice. they're woody. I'll, I, here, I'll pull, pull the other one up. Very nice. Yeah. So for those that are not watching, you should be watching. <laughs> you should just go uh, to YouTube and watch this because the bottom of his shoe says Andy on it. That's pretty sure amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. I think that oh, I'm I'm a nerd to my core. I mean, I uh, I failed out of my first year of college because I could not get off of World of Warcraft. So I mean, it was it was bad news bears for me. You're in good company. You know, I think you know David Powers, who was just I on do, the show. I, I do. Yep, he was. <laughs> and we, I love that spent... Drew got you guys together. I love it. Yeah, he did. And um, it was a great conversation. We're actually, um, we're planning uh, the three of us getting together on an episode of uh, Caffeinated CX. So oh, we'll, we had to, we had to move it a little bit because Drew decided that he would take a vacation. I don't know what he was thinking, but good job, Drew. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll get that going. It's, it's going to happen soon very soon awesome i can't wait yeah so to hear it uh, as you can see i've got my by the time this airs hopefully uh national champion uh jayhawks shirt on today as i often do um we are recording this on the day of the national championship game against North Carolina. And uh, I'm very excited about it, but you're not a basketball guy. And I know nope. you're probably like bored to tears with all of this basketball, but you do have a passion in the sports world. So what is that? I do uh, hockey, I, hockey. I, I, I sleep, breathe, live, drink, eat. I just, uh, hockey's my life. I, I, and, and luckily, I married a woman. It's as it's as equally her life as it is mine. So, <laughs> so what got you into hockey, right? I mean, I, especially right. You you mentioned that you you're in Ohio, right? The Ohio State University, like football is life. Mm -hmm. um, but why hockey? How did that happen? Well, not many people know this, but we do have an NHL team, the Columbus Blue yes. Jackets. 
Uh, and uh, just to circle back around, I got into it because of my dad. Uh, my dad took me to the very first game ever for the Jackets and uh, actually got to go down to the ice and uh, got a, I still have my, I got a puck from the inaugural game, the first ever Jackets wow. home game. Uh, I, I wish I still had it in my office, but I, I don't. Uh, I promise you I have it though. Um, so my dad took me there and, you know, I just started playing street hockey as a kid with my friends and uh, started going to the ice rinks in Columbus. And, and I've just always, you know, I've always skated, got back into it when I was 28, started playing in an adult league. Um, and then somehow found my way onto uh, being a coach for the Ohio uh, Warriors sled hockey team. Um, they're uh, affiliated with the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. So, you know, it's uh, we have our our home ice in Columbus. So it's, it's really it's a it's a really cool experience um, being part of the Jackets hockey, uh, especially with just how much I love it. Uh, my wife and I are season ticket holders. Uh, Fortinet and Volley Communications will be a sponsor next year for the Columbus Blue Jackets as well. You'll be able to see us in arena and uh, out nice. arena. So we're, yeah, we're looking forward to that. So that's, that's more of a, a pet project for me. I was like, yep. The first company I want to do sponsorship with is the jackets. So yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited, but uh, I, I am so obsessed with hockey. I made sure that I'm spending my company's money uh, to be a sponsor. So <laughs> that's a little I... selfish of me, but hey, luckily oh. most of my staff also loves hockey. I love that. I mean, I think that's a great way to, you know, incorporate a passion that is outside of work with work. And it's, you know, certainly aligns you with people that may be very like-minded, right? I mean, when you think about how you want to advertise and what you want to sponsor, it can be really helpful to, you know, be working in a space that, like well we're gonna have that in common and and yeah everybody likes to do business with people that they like and that they can talk to and certainly if you can sit there and talk about hockey all day long that, oh, yeah. that's gonna oh. help if you if you want to get me to not if you want to get me to shut up then don't talk about hockey but if you're ready to hear <laughs> me talk for five hours i have just i'll just run my mouth all day about hockey well uh, obviously, uh, I'm a basketball guy, but I'm a, also yeah. a baseball guy and a football guy. Like hockey is where I'm, I'm lost quite honestly. I actually had, um, another hockey enthusiast on recently, uh, uh, Shana Hayes and, and I understand people's passion for hockey because I lived in Minneapolis for a couple of years. Yeah. So, so I get it. It's kind but of a, I, it's kind of a popular sport over there. It is. They, they definitely have a thing for it. Like Friday night lights. It's, you know, it's football in Texas, but oh, yeah. in Minnesota it's hockey, right? My That's, people, <laughs> my, my people. You're right. But I, as much as I love going to a live hockey game, because I do, especially if you're up close, there's something very visceral about a hockey game that is unlike any other sporting event that I'm familiar with. But I just, it's just not my thing. And I, I think that's okay. But I will say, if you've never been to a live hockey game, you should try it, especially if you can get good tickets and be 
down close to the rink because it is a oh yeah it's a totally different kind of experience it, than any uh, other sporting event it's just i just love how fast paced i love the physicality of it i know I'm, I'm, I'm a physical guy i played football you know i i like to i like to hit people around actually uh it, when i was 32 i was i got tripped on the ice and ended up going right into the boards and so uh completely blew up my whole foot ankle everything so my 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 left foot was like this my right foot was like this and so oh yeah right into the boards my ankle just exploded i i've i've got uh two two plates i've got 12 screws i've got a a composite ankle joint now i've got a cadaver ligaments in me now oh yeah they had to replace all the muscle it was like a like a uh 70 reconstruction of the foot but the doctor told me it would take me 14 weeks to walk i was on the ice at 10 weeks wow nothing says i'm a hockey guy like i blew up my ankle and <laughs> 10 weeks later i was back on the ice amen that's the most <laughs> hockey thing ever <laughs> So in case you you're watching this and you didn't think I actually loved hockey, I, I really, really do. Yeah. Yeah. It also says that maybe you've lost a screw or two somewhere in there. And yeah, it, yeah, it there's floating around. There's yeah. I, I, they, <laughs> they probably got knocked out of my ear and I just should have grabbed them, put them back in. But oh, well. Yeah. For those of you who are just listening and were imagining uh, the direction of Travis's ankles, don't go look at the video because <laughs> it will just make you feel pain so just don't do that just trust me when i say that they're in directions that should not happen yeah, oh and it was funny too because as soon as they got me off the ice i i must must have been delirious i was just being super nice and stuff and my daughter later when i was in the hospital bed after they had finally you know put the leg back where it should be she goes you were really, really nice to the, to the, to the emergency workers. Why were you nice? You're never nice. I'm like, Oh my God. You're so... <laughs> yeah. My kids, I mean, they, they, they're, they're sarcastic just like me and their mom. So it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It, it was nice having my entire family there watching me blow out my, my, my foot. It was, and it was my, my youngest daughter's first time ever watching me. And I just convinced her to do the jackets, get out and learn program for 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 young kids and as soon as that happens she looked at her mom and said i'm not playing hockey ever yeah that seems like maybe not the best way to encourage yeah. your kid to play hockey no. is to see that happen to you on luckily she's over it now i mean she sits next to me at the games and she's screaming fight 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 and my my six-year-old actually tried to start a uh, refs you suck chant the other night at the game so i'm proud of her you have indoctrinated them well good job oh for sure oh absolutely that's what that's a good that's what good fathers do yeah absolutely well listen travis i know that we could probably spend more time talking about oh, hockey sure. and then uh those people who don't watch hockey would be like what has happened on what, this podcast where's this I, podcast going right let's get this back on the rails i didn't realize that we were listening to ESPN all of a sudden or oh, some sure. knockoff version of it. Um, but I love it. Uh, I am so glad that I got the opportunity to 
talk with you and uh, learn more about what you're doing yeah. and really appreciate you. you taking the time this morning. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time and having me on.